Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. Well, let me start by saying welcome to 2023. Yeah, everybody together now, breathe. Oh my gosh, anybody else worn out already? And we're just getting started. How many of you stayed up last night to watch the ball drop at midnight? Wide left. Oh yeah. Bruce, you okay? Where's Bruce? Oh, he's not even here. I was worried about Bruce today. Y'all pray for Bruce. Uh, His little struggles there. Hey, listen, listen. It is amazing how worked up we get about a blown up piece of pigskin, isn't it? And, and I understand, I'm a Cowboys fan, and I get how worked up, I, I get, Dale makes fun of me all the time, because of how worked up I can get over that stuff. But it's because it makes us part of something. We feel part of something. We, we feel, and when we're a part of something, it, it brings all of us to it. And, and when we start a new year, a lot of us want to start, and we want to dive in, and we're ready to be part of something new. Maybe it's, maybe it's a new fitness program. Maybe it's a new uh, group you're going to join. Maybe it's a new whatever. We, we have this tradition, most of, not most of us, but some of us, you know, New Year's resolutions, and we try and do that stuff, and we try and come up with a new thing this year, and I'm going to make this year better. And, and I get it. I, I do too. But when one of my daughters started asking last night, hey, what's your new, new Year's resolution? You know what went through my head? I just like to get my life back. Anybody with me? I mean, this decade has been a little bit rough, right? We started off with such flair and excitement, 2020, we all had vision, we were all ready to go, March hit, bam! And it's just been one hit after another for years, two years of just boom, 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 three years now. And you just want to breathe. I do have a practice that I started even before the, before uh, this decade, I started it early, probably five years before that. Uh, and maybe you've heard of this, people who will try and find a year or, or a word for their year, ask God, you know, God, what do you want to do this year? What's, is there a word you have for me this year? And um, I've, I've been through several words, and um, what happens is you get this word and you write it down, and sometimes it comes up through the year when you're not expecting it. That, that thing will come back up and you'll be, oh yeah, God told me that was going to be the word this year. Usually I do that and, and usually sometime around, you know, late January, early February, I find a word. Um, so I'm already behind. But this year I actually got the word early and the word was with. I don't know. We'll see. I do know this that one thing God wants from me this year, and I think he wants it for all of us this year, is to try to do a better job of living our lives with him and doing things with him. I think God wants me to join in with him. And ever since, it's interesting because I got the word about mid-December and I have heard message after message after message about what it means to be with somebody. And as we kick off this year, I want to encourage you to think about what does it mean to be with God? 
Because, you know, when you look back and you go, man, I'd just like to get my life back, the Bible tells us how to do it. In fact, it was just up on the screen. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things pass away, and behold, new things have come. To be renewed, to restore your life, you need to be with Christ. When we are with Christ, then we get new life. And every day that we're with Christ, and every moment that we're with Christ, we get new life. And as Christians, we understand that. We understand the overarching idea that when I give my life to Jesus, he comes and lives in me. But I think sometimes as Christians, we get stuck with the big picture and we forget the little pictures. You see, every year is made up of these moments where God moves and God touches and God does things and God changes us if we're listening and we're with him. But oftentimes, we're running so fast, we're moving so quick, and we're so caught up in things that we can miss the moments. Like last night. I mean, I'm, we missed the moment. Because we clicked over to watch the ball drop in New York. <laughs> Click back, game was over. <clears throat> I mean, we missed the moment. And I think this year as we start off, I want to encourage you, don't miss the moments. Figure out how to be with Jesus. And of course, the most obvious way to do this is in prayer, which seems simple. Um, in prayer, we're going to be with Christ. Because we want to be, if we want to be with somebody, it almost always begins with conversation, right? We, we need to be on the same page. So we start a conversation with somebody so that we can be with them. We can be in the same air understanding. We can be in the same conversation. We can be in the same direction. We can be headed without a conversation. It's hard to be with someone. And so prayer is the place to start getting to with. And the disciples figured this out. The disciples figured this out one time when Jesus was praying. And they realized that Jesus' prayers were so powerful and effective that he did things that other people weren't able to do. Jesus prayed and then took five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 people. Jesus prayed and, and people would be healed. Jesus prayed and there was something unique about Jesus' prayer because it wasn't just words, it was him conversing with the God of the universe. Now, we know because of his death, burial, and resurrection that Jesus wasn't just a man or a teacher. He was actually God himself, the Son of God, born again, born to a virgin and lived among us. But until the death, burial, and resurrection, that wasn't necessarily obvious. What was obvious was this person, this human, this man, this Jesus had a connection to the God of the universe that was different from what the disciples saw from other teachers and other religious practices. So when Jesus was praying, and in Luke, you can read this in Luke chapter 11, we read in, in Luke chapter 11, starting in verse, sorry, I got to find it here, starting in verse uh, 1, here's what we read. It happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, Holy is your name. 
Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. You know, for us, when we read that today, oftentimes what we do is we turn that into this model for prayer, right? It, it, even some people call it the model prayer from Jesus. It, it's known as the Lord's Prayer in some circles of Christendom. And I'm, I'm fine with that. It's, it's fine to repeat the teaching, but let me be clear. When Jesus said this to his disciples and then stopped talking, they were freaked out. You see, because praying in their day would be scrolls of prayer that you, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Just turn 14 again. Scrolls of prayer that you would memorize. And so you would learn how to pray by all these scrolls of prayer. And I'm certain that the disciples, as they watched Jesus in prayer, who would spend hours in prayer, he would go away early in the morning so he could get time with God. And he would spend this time with God. We're expecting this long prayer that they would have to memorize. Maybe if... Uh, What's his name that's made the, the, the chosen things? David, what's his name? Dallas, there you go. If, if he's right, uh, maybe Matthew got out his little pad and his pen to write down what Jesus was about to say. And when Jesus finished after just four lines, the disciples would not have, they, they would have been bothered by this because <laughs> it wasn't much. And I'm sure that when Jesus said it, he knew what he was doing and then he looked, I, I, I kind of imagine it going like this. So Dallas, you can watch this, and then we'll make sure that you know how Jesus would have done this prayer. Here's what you say. Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, uh, your will be done. Oh, wait, that's the Matthew version. Well, we'll do it anyway. On earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation. And the disciples would have been, and? But then Jesus goes on to give this teaching around prayer. When he realizes that that wasn't good enough for the disciples, they were kind of looking at him, expecting more. Here's what he says. Suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has come to me from a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, don't bother me. The door's already been shut. My children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because of his, he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds and to him who knocks it will be opened. Suppose one of the you fathers is asked, by his son for a fish. And he's not going to give him a snake instead of a fish, will he? Or if he is asked for an egg, he's not going to give him a scorpion, will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father... I'll finish in a minute. Here's what Jesus is trying to say. Look, this ain't complicated. You want your life back? You want to be with Jesus? You want to know how to have conversations with him? It's not complicated. 
we, we were sitting around the, the dinner table, maybe it was lunch, I don't know, one of the times we sat down to eat over this Christmas break, and uh, my sister-in-law uh, had come to visit my, my in-laws unexpectedly because she was supposed to be in Philadelphia, but because of all the flight stuff, they weren't going to get to Philadelphia, so they decided to meet us because we were going to be with the in-laws, and they brought a friend with them. And when we sat down to this one meal, someone looked at her and said, why don't you pray? And she goes, I wouldn't know what to say. Listen, if you've never prayed before, let me, let me be clear. It's not complicated. Go talk to God. That's it. And that's what Jesus was saying when he gave this prayer. Go talk to God. Tell him what's on your heart. Tell him what you need. Tell him what you feel. Tell him what's going on. Go talk to God. Prayer, at its basis form, is a conversation with God. Just go talk to him. He's not looking for you to get everything right or have some long diatribe that you pull out and make everybody feel like you're special and God's going to listen to you better because you have all the right words and you use your these and thous and do king. He's not listening to that. He's listening to your heart, so just go talk to him. And that's what the illustrations are, right? I mean, if you go to your neighbor, okay, so it's funny because we hear, we see this neighbor thing, and again, we see us pounding on the door. Remember that in the city of Jerusalem, uh, they would have been able to go to the back window and tap, you know, there weren't like window, like glass on the windows. They'd have been peeking in the window going, hey, hey, John, are you awake? John, I need some bread, dude. Get up. That's why the whole, the door's locked, I'm in bed, because he was probably at his window kind of whispering in as a neighbor going, hey, wake up. And what Jesus' point is, not that God is somehow resistant to giving us bread when we ask for bread. His point is, you'll get up and get bread for somebody if they come to your house at midnight just to get rid of them. God's going to give you bread because he's good. God's better than your neighbor who's in bed. And, and when he does the whole father-son thing, and he makes the point that you as fathers know how to give good gifts to your children? Well, let me tell you something. When it comes on the level of fatherhood and what fathers are supposed to be like and what fathers are supposed to act like, you stink. I, I, look, I, I, me too. I know sometimes my, my mom likes to praise me and my brothers. I'm so proud of the men you've become and the fathers that you are. You're such good men. To which me and my brothers are always going... Uh, well, and she likes to point out that the example we had wasn't that great. So, to which my brother and I always go, yeah, that's not the measuring stick. <laughs> and the measuring stick I'm using, I stink as a father. God's so much better father than I am. So, if I know how to give my children what they need, God certainly knows how to give children what they need. Here's the thing that gets us caught up, though. When it comes to prayer, we, we first of all complicate it. We complicate prayer. It's not complicated. It's just a conversation. Go talk to God. But the, pro the other problem we have is we sometimes oversimplify it. Because, and I've said this several times, we read this passage and we read, go talk to God. And but listen to what Jesus promises God will give. If you ask, if you seek, if you knock, listen to the promise. 
that Jesus promises God will give. If you know how to give goods, give gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who seek him? You see, God's promise when we come to him and ask for things is not that we're going to get the thing we ask for. It's that we're going to get him. So on the one hand, I don't want you to overcomplicate it. On the other hand, I don't want you to oversimplify it. You see, what God wants to do is he wants to be with you. And that means a conversation that is two ways. And far too often, as Dale was saying earlier, we come to God with these prayers that are our list of things that we want. And God is saying, yeah, but I have other things I want to give you that are even better than what you're asking for. I have more to offer than the things you want. If you will get with me, I want to give you more than that. And when we read the prayers of the apostles and we read the prayers in the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, far more often the prayers are not for what we can get from God. They are for God himself. The, the prayer of the Old Testament was constantly to get back to God. Because in the garden, we had been separated from him and the effort from sin in the garden until the coming of Jesus was to get back with God. That's why Christmas starts with this beautiful message that Jesus has come and you will call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And, and Matthew goes through his whole gospel and teaches us, lets us see all this, this story of, of God with us over and over and how God, how Jesus is God living with us. And at the end, when Jesus leaves, guess what he says? And lo, I am with you always. So how do we get this with to happen? How do we go beyond just talking to God to talking with God. Well, there are four steps to getting to with. I, it's funny because when I got this, I told you I, I heard several messages. And one of the things, I heard a podcast from a girl named Ann Latham, um, and she was talking about how do we do things with people. She actually said this. She said, when we try to do something to someone, you likely, you're likely to fail. But when you try to do something with someone, you're more likely to succeed. Now, that may not always seem true because, honestly, getting somewhere with someone is far more complicated than it is to just do something to someone. It's messy, and it's difficult, and it takes time and patience. You have to actually slow down long enough to listen. And if you don't listen to somebody else, you can't do something with them. And when we move into this, this time of prayer with God, this new year, I want to encourage you to look to be with God in prayer. Don't just talk to God. Listen to God. It's more complicated. It's messier. 
It's harder to do. It takes more time. But let me tell you, you will avoid a whole lot more complications if you will choose with over to. Talk with God, not to God. This became abundantly clear on our way home from Christmas when we hit Effingham. And I decided I was going to do something different. Here's how Effingham usually goes. We get to Effingham. We're driving. We're getting off the exit. Whether we're going to or from Missouri, it doesn't matter. On any given random Friday, I can end up in Effingham. Um, And I say to my family, where would you like to eat? It's complicated. It's messy. It takes time. I have four girls in the car at the, at the moment, and they're not going to agree, and it's going to create a problem, and then somebody's going to be upset, and I just don't want to deal with that. I'm tired after Christmas, so I decide we're going to go to the TA, which we never go to, but there's a food court there with both Popeyes and Dunkin' Donuts and a pizza place to borrow pizza, so you get an option, and I thought... I'm going to give them choices, but I'm not giving them free will. I'm just going to go. So we pull into the TA. Guess what? Still complicated. Still a problem. Still people upset. Only now they're mad at me. (laughs) As I was preparing my sermon and praying over it this morning, I went into my daughter's bedroom and said, I'm sorry. I was wrong. (sighs) With is not easier, but it is better. And prayer is to be a with thing, and it starts with listening. We've got to listen to God. What is God saying? And then we want to ask questions. So listen and then ask questions. Don't, don't just settle. Ask questions. God, I, it, you know, what don't I understand? God, what are you doing? God, what is it you want from me? God, where are you taking me? God, I want to be with you, so help me understand. Make sure that I know as much as I can. And God may stop answering your questions because sometimes that gets annoying too, but just keep open the conversation. Listen, ask questions, and then respond to the questions. When God gives you some message, respond to it. Sometimes it'll be really clear. We've had moments like this. When we bought our van this last time around, we were, we were, at, the, um, were at the dealership, and there were two of them, and they were only about 1,000 miles in mileage apart, and the difference in price, though, was about $10,000. Um, oh, no, it was 10,000 miles. It was about $1,000 in price. That's what it was. It was about 10,000 miles, about $1,000 in price. Just 10,000 miles. No big deal. Um, $1,000 in price, no big deal. But, but the one that had 10,000 miles more on it had leather seats, it had um, heated seats. There was a little, that little spot at the bottom of the van underneath the radio was a cooler for your drinks. I'm like, That's, this is a van. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, for a thousand bucks, get the nicer van, right? It's a thousand bucks. My wife goes, don't you think we should pray about it? Listen, but if you're going to live your life with Jesus, with Jesus, this is what you have to do. You have to stop and you have to ask, God, what do you think of this decision? Especially a major decision. I mean, buying a car right now is as bad as buying a house. So slow down. God, 
which one should I? I promise. I said, dear Lord, and I hear 10,000 miles. 10,000 miles. Come on, 10,000 miles in there. I mean, we, we put, we, I did the math on this. In the last, since we bought our van, we've driven around the world twice plus. What's 10,000 miles? So we bought the one with lower mileage. At 52,000 miles, I kid you not, that van had to be serviced. And if we had been over 60,000, the warranty wouldn't have been there. 10,000 miles would have made all the difference in the world. Instead, we got it completely fixed for free with a rental van and everything for free and all paid for. 10,000 miles. Sometimes we need to stop and listen. We need to ask questions. Then we need to respond to what God says. Sometimes we need to join him in what he's already doing. You see, this is how we live our life with God. We slow down to have a conversation with God. So we talk to him and we listen from him. We ask our questions. We respond to his answers. And then we join him in what he's doing. As I got ready this morning, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Except I don't have a closing illustration of how to show people how this works. I I want you to understand deep in your hearts. I want you to experience this moment of prayer. So I thought I'll lead you in prayer and, and in this with idea. And I said, God, is that what you want? He said, no. Why don't you do the illustration with all the people in the room? So let me ask. Anybody have a story of when you found yourself with God? Come on, somebody's got to have a story. Raise your hand. When has God moved in your life? This year. I'll I'll narrow it down. This year. Oh, Tim. Tim's ready to go. Awesome. Tell us your with story, Tim. So I was in prayer, deep, heavy prayer. The thous, the these, the whatevers, it was there. I was rolling. I hear laughter. (laughs) (laughs) Not my laughter. Nobody's laughter I know. I'm like, instantly, yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm being an idiot. You don't want this. So So you got real like I. Let me ask you, did it roll like thunder, the laughter when you started to listen? It chuckled. It was, it was just a chuckle. Just a <laughs> <laughs> And it was almost like, you fool. <laughs> you know, not the nasty fool, the Old Testament fool. <laughs> no, I, here's what I think it was. It was, okay, you're being two years old right now. Come on, Tim, right? Hey, listen, not saying don't give your best to God and what you have. I'm saying there's more. There's with. God God wants us to be honest, and sometimes God will laugh at you. I've been there. I've heard him laugh at me. Usually sounds like Dale, but I have heard him laugh at me. Anybody else? One more. Anybody? Come on. God's moved in your life this year? Here we go. As many of you probably knew, know, on uh, March 
5th uh, this past year, um, got a call that uh, no father wants to get. Um, it's just a routine accident. It was a motorcycle accident. It was a mini bike accident, actually. My son um, had a compound fracture just below the knee. Uh, he also had uh, uh, torn a uh, artery right behind his knee and uh, had to be care flighted from uh, Clinton Memorial Hospital to uh, Dayton. And uh, soon after that, um, we started a prayer chain. And uh, on, again, that was March 5th. He had several surgeries and prayers continued. And uh, on October 31st, he got the all clear. Um, he had already been back to work, but again, he did had multiple surgeries, the two broken bones. He had a rod put between his knee and his ankle, had to be replaced once due to infection. Uh, but by the grace of God and by the power of prayer, from many of you in this congregation, uh, he's healed. And uh, I just want to say thanks for all the many prayers. Yeah. Hey, real quick, what was the first moment of relief? You get that call, your son's been in an accident. What was the first moment of relief? It, there, there were probably several along the way. Um, it was a big relief when we found out that he didn't have to have any more surgeries. Um, but I, I think the, the relief was just knowing that God, ha God was going to handle the situation, regardless of the outcome, because it could have gone many different ways, and it seems so simple. But uh, again, again the, the things along the way, his uh, orthopedic surgeon was from Troy, Ohio. She had followed her dad into medicine after doing rounds with him on Saturday and Sundays when she was a teenager. And then the other surprising thing was, you've heard about traveling nurses. This, there was a traveling doctor from Washington, D.C. There was a trauma surgeon. He was a vascular surgeon, and he did the surgery to replace the artery behind his knee. And one of the first things that was uh, the surprise to everyone was the idea that they didn't have a pulse in his lower leg. So that set, set off the alarm bells here, here at Clint Memorial, and they knew that they had to get him to, uh, to Dayton. Uh, to check things out further. But again, just knowing that all the prayers that went up and all the people in the congregation that came to me and asked how he was doing, um, it was just greatly appreciated all throughout uh, the, the whole situation. So again, I thank you for those prayers. Thank you. So the peace of God that passes all understanding is available through prayer, but not through prayers to, but prayers with God, with each other. <laughs> when we pray with God, he will speak <laughs> or laugh, sometimes cry, but he's with you. And God doesn't, God doesn't promise us that everything's going to go okay. Luke doesn't say, ask, and you're going to get what you ask for. Seek, and you're going to find what you're looking for. Knock, and the door's going to be opened exactly where you expect it to. It does say, ask, seek, knock, and God, who knows how to give good gifts, 
will give you himself. Let me tell you, there is nothing as important as the presence of God. One of the stories that has been with me since my childhood in the Bible is the story of Job. When my parents got divorced, I turned to Job because I figured here's a righteous man who lost everything. He lost his wealth. He lost his status. He lost his children. He lost his, well, his friends turned on him. His wife gave up on him. He lost everything. And he found himself full of questions. And I remember at eight years old, that's how I felt. It was just full of questions, no answers. And I know as we start this new year, there may be some of you who are going into this new year with a lot more questions than you do have answers. And there are times in our life when we go through crisis and there are more questions than there are answers. And the Bible tells us that God is there. And Christians will tell you, Jesus is the answer. And it's not very helpful to your heart. And it took me a long time to catch it. But now, once I got it, it's never left me. Job asks his questions. Job questions God. Job wonders what the deal is. Job understands God differently than everybody else, but he still doesn't understand why he's going through everything he's going through. And Elihu comes along and gives this good explanation of why there's pain and suffering in the world. And it's a really good theological understanding of why there's pain and suffering in the world. And the reality is, it didn't help Job at all. The logical explanation made no difference. And then God arrives in a storm, and you know what? He doesn't answer a single question for Job. He asks bigger questions, harder questions, questions Job can't even fathom or answer. Look at the ostrich. Would you have done that? And Job is changed forever. Not because God answered his questions, but because God showed up. And I want to encourage you with this as we start our new year. If you will take time to have conversations with God, I promise, I promise, because Jesus promised, Jesus promised, God will show. You may not feel it. You may not see it. But he is there. And what he wants from us is to work and try and make the effort to just be with him. This year, you may be starting off tired. You may be starting off worn out. And you may feel this sense of, How am I going to make it through? I want to encourage you. Listen. Ask questions. Respond. And then join God in what you see Him already doing. Go with Him. 
the end of the year, you'll look back and you'll be able to see what God has done in ways you've never seen. You'll experience peace in ways you've never experienced. And even the hurts, even the hurts will be okay. Not because the hurt goes away, but because you're not alone. If you don't have Jesus with you, if you don't know him yet, listen to me, don't go through this year without being with him. Therefore, for those who are in Christ Jesus have become a new creation. The old passes away and the new comes and it comes from being with Jesus. And this year, I wanna encourage you to be with Jesus. If you don't know him, please talk to somebody so you can know him. It, it, it really is the difference of life and death. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.